0: Hello, Harness Racing fans. This is Edison Hatter here, back with another episode of First Over with Edison Hatter. And today, happy to be joined by special guest Ashley Mayu, who is the project lead for First Racing, one for newer jobs, as well as the handicapper at Fort Erie Racetrack. So, Ashley, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me. Excited to chat with you today.
0: So, Ashley, uh, you know, I thought about some of the questions to ask you before we get into some handicapping and I got to start with two questions that I get a lot as well as since we are both mathematics majors in college. A, how did you go from a math major to working in the horse racing business? Okay. And B, do you have some sort of sophisticated uh, handicapping techniques or whatever, anything you think you gained from being a math major when it comes to gambling and handicapping?
1: Well, I'm going to tackle part B first. I think the simple answer is probably not. I don't think... Uh I have any secret knowledge or, or mathematical formulas be- you know, behind my selections and stuff like that. Honestly, I grew up going to the racetrack with my dad and my parents actually as a kid and just wanted to learn how to read the form. So I think my go-to tool always is the daily racing form. Um, I watch replays a little bit to get trips, but nothing mathematical. I don't have a statistical software of my own to use. I just really love the game. And then, you know, about my background, I guess, how did the math degree get me here? It's just been a kind of a wild ride. Uh, you know, I went to undergrad in Kentucky for mathematics. And then afterwards, I went to the University of Dayton for my master's in applied math. And as soon as I graduated, I started a job in the banking industry. I worked for a bank up north, M&T Bank. I uh, really liked my time there, but, you know, always liked horse racing. And I just really got lucky when I joined the bank back in 2018. I uh, got a call and, and a message from Fort Erie Track. Uh, an owner there by the name of Jerry Catalano uh, recommended me for you know, writing a tip sheet of some sort there. And so I started writing the tip sheet and they threw me on camera. And from there, I think the opportunities just kind of opened so many doors for me, Fort Erie being the first. And then I got involved with uh, the folks at the Stronic Group and, and got to go to Winter Carnival at Laurel Park. I got to do the Black Eyed Susan and Preakness. And then harness racing kind of got involved. So I was working the full-time job at the bank, but on the weekends, I would just try to throw my pot in anything that I could get involved in when it when it was horse racing, whether it was thoroughbreds or standard breads. And then, uh, you know, just, I guess, just under a year ago, I was at the Preakness and I spoke with Aiden Butler, the, the chief operating officer at First Racing and just at First in general, I should say. And you know, we, we started talking about you know what I want to do, and he's like, well, you know, you, there might be jobs you know down the road here. At first, you should always keep your eyes open. And uh, there was a position opening for a project lead, and sounded well, it kind of sounded it's kind of I can't even talk right now. It sounded a lot like my my dream job. So that's what I uh, ended up applying for, and I got the job, and it brought me down to Florida. So I work at a Gulfstream Park now. So it's it's a weird ride that mathematics I guess somehow got me into horse racing.
0: So you alluded a little bit to your harness racing background. We'll get to that in a minute, but have to ask about it since obviously you're a Buffalo, New York native and myself from here in Maryland. Whenever I go down to Florida, in fact, I was just down there last week. I'm always super jealous and would love to at some point make that move myself. So how have you enjoyed uh, that move that you've made this year down there?
1: I think it's good not to have to shovel snow. Um, I'm not sure, you know, the hot summers right now in August, it can be brutally hot here. So I'm not sure I necessarily love it, but I like the beach time. Um, I still miss home. I think there's a lot that the Northeast offers and just the change of season and there's different things to do, but it's been a fun adjustment. It's been very different, but um, so far, you know, nothing really negative minus when I take my dog for a walk in the mornings and I'm pouring sweat at like 8 a.m. That's probably the only bad part about it.
0: Yeah, I think shoveling snow would be my number one answer on why I would happily move out of the Northeast <laughs> up here. But uh, for sure, it was definitely very hot when I was down there last week. And also some uh, thunderstorms and summer rain for sure down there. So um, so actually, next we will ask a little bit about the harness racing background. I know you've attended a lot of harness racetracks, uh, especially a lot of Pompano this past winter. Uh, I've worked before the Meadowlands, a little bit of America's Best Racing. I believe you did post-time with Mike and Mike. So a lot of, little, lot of harness racing background for you as well.
1: Yeah, I guess that's probably my biggest family tie to racing in general. I mean, my dad was always a fan of of both breeds and liked to go to the races and, and wager on the races, but uh, my aunt Susie, who's no longer with us, she actually groomed harness horses and she worked for the Regals, um, Jean and Alan Regal. Um, probably really her biggest success was a two-year-old Philly pacer by the name of Take Flight who won a Breeders' Crown race in the late 90s, so she, I guess, would be kind of the... Uh, blood tie, I guess, to racing in general. But I always liked harness racing. Uh, Usually on family trips, we'd always go to the beach for a few days or or do something that would keep my mom happy. And my dad always wanted to go to a racetrack. So we would hit off different racetracks, whether they were harness or thoroughbred. So I've been to a lot of harness tracks. Uh, You mentioned Pompano. I love going to Pompano. That's been kind of one of the nicest things uh, during the winter here as I can go over to Pompano, visit some of my friends there, Gabe Pruitt and a couple of the guys in the race office. And it's just a fun atmosphere there. Uh, the Meadowlands, I know you mentioned that, that kind of that door opened up to me uh, due to the guys that post time with Mike and Mike. Uh, Mike Carter, I've got to know really well over the last couple of years. And they gave me my first opportunity in harness racing, which was to cover some races for them up at uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park, as well as go to the Hamiltonian. So that, that was just a couple of years ago. And, and that got me kind of uh, more involved in, in harness racing from maybe a, like a broadcast radio or, or TV side. And I met Dave Brower through that. And, you know, I've been able to go to TVG uh, final four and in, in the fall, the Hambo, the Meadowlands pace, uh, it's been a really fun time. Unfortunately, none of that this year, but I've definitely been tuning into all the action from home.
0: That's good to know. And, uh, So you said you visited a lot of different harness tracks. So we'll put you on the spot here a little bit to maybe give a list of a couple of those and maybe some of your favorites.
1: Yeah, I think two kind of stand out to me. And it's actually funny. They're probably the two favorites of my aunt as well. She always loved the Red Mile. And I think the Red Mile is just a beautiful track. It's in Lexington, which is the perfect spot for any horse lover. I think when you go there, whether, you know, Grand Circuit, whatever time of year, it's just some top notch racing and it's a really fun atmosphere, as I mentioned. And then the Meadowlands, I think that's kind of the the ultimate. Uh, the track is just so large and, and that setting's interesting. If you go up on the roof area and you can see the, the skyline for New York just across the way. And then just, you know, when you think about their big days of racing, I mean, you see the best horses kind of, you know, harness horses out there and you'll see the best of the best, you know, all on one day, usually. I know Hamiltonian, you see so many great horses all throughout the cards. So I think that's what kind of makes the Meadowlands so amazing.
0: For sure. I've definitely enjoyed my time as well, working up at the Meadowlands here recently. Definitely one of the best. And yeah, you mentioned two of the great Gabe Pruitt properties. I keep telling Gabe every time he visits the Meadowlands that I so have to visit him, especially this year at Pompano's. It looks like it will unfortunately be the last year of racing down there. And for sure, I have to visit him at the Red Mile as well.
1: Yeah. You have to get to Pompano. It's a, it's a different experience. You have to make the uh, the journey up to the booth. Gabe and I and a bunch of people always joke about it. Um, it's in a different part of the old grandstand. So it's a little bit of a um, interesting journey to get to the announcer's booth, but it's a great view there. And, and Pompano is nice, you know, kind of the location of where it is. I mean, the beach isn't too far away. If you're in, in the Lauderdale area, you can just travel North. Um, it is sad though. You mentioned that, you know, Harness racing looks like it's it's done in the state of Florida.
0: Yes, that is definitely unfortunate, as well as uh, also Greyhound racing last year as well in Florida. But uh, Gulfstream and Tampa Bay Downs, at least still going strongly on the thoroughbred side.
1: Yeah, so, I'm definitely lucky for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ashley,
0: let you say? We get down to some handicapping business here. Let's talk about Woodbine Mohawks program tomorrow night. This is Saturday, August the 14th, 2021. And we're going to talk some early pick five, as well as a couple of other races. But for anyone that wants to follow along with us, you can get a free program online at woodbine.com backslash mohawk backslash free hyphen programs. And Ashley, for the early pick five races, one, two, three, four, and five, we have a $100,000 guaranteed pool with a 20 cent base wager. And you spend a little more than I do. You spent 2160. I spent half of that spending $10 and 80 cents, but we have a lot of the same horses in this sequence. So we'll get started here with your take on race number one, where you use the one, the four and the six.
1: Yeah, I think kind of looking at race one, uh, to me, I, I think the four probably will take a lot of play in here just coming out of the, the, the preferred. I know that was a Georgian, but kind of looking at those races at Woodbine Mohawk Park, uh, a big thing has been some really troubled posts. Um Kind of look at the draws there, not the ideal post that this horse would want. So I thought the four, you know, probably is going to take a lot of play, but I mentioned, I also used the one in the six, the six last time out on August 7th, I thought it was a pretty easy win, looked pretty good. And actually those, those last two, since joining the new connections, they've been pretty strong performances. So saw not eight to one warning line. I thought that might be generous. And then again, the horse uh, that draws the inside in here, um, you know, last race on August 7th as well, uh, was making up some ground late in that race, but again, had enough, another bad post had post 10 now draws the inside. My only concern with a horse like that too Inside draw, it's better, but this horse necessarily doesn't have a ton of speed off the gate.
0: Well, you pretty well hit what I was going to say. For me, it's just the one and the four, but the four better be going for sure is making that uh, class drop. Also does draw much better. That's a pretty tough post there. Two post tens in the last five, as well as a post eight and six mixed in there. And then the one Royal Renegade from the rail did have that big back half last time. 27-3, and 26-2 and two, coming home there for a 54 second flat back half. But you are correct there with the lack of gate speed. That could be a little bit concerning even from the rail. They're going to have to work out a trip. Was able to leave two starts ago, though. Ended up just off of the pace, sitting in the pocket after the opening quarter of 26-1. and So we'll see if maybe he can be sent there from the rail. So just 1-4 and for me here in that first leg. As we move to the second leg, you are using just the 5 and the 6.
1: Yeah, this is an interesting race. When you kind of see these, I know this is an Ontario six, the gold level. Um, there's only six, you know, colts and geldings in here, two-year-olds, and and looking at the the fields for me, I go to the two on the outside. I think, kind of looking at, at the five year Stonebridge Helios, uh, had a little bit of time off between that effort on the 16th of July and August 6th. And I think for the return, the comeback after having that three week break, it was a decent performance. At um, least was kind of making up some ground late, the back panel in 28 and 1. And then I also used the number six on the outside of that one. Uh, Jody Jameson, the bike, has been in the bike the last two times. They've both been good, good performances. And Interesting race there, the Battle of Waterloo. Uh, Obviously, last time out, just got edged in the end by by the winner in there. So still a big effort there on August 2nd at uh, Grand River.
0: So I am with you with the five and the six in that race. But I also throw in the two, Aviator, who has had two pretty easy wins so far. Obviously, it hasn't been against this level of company, but he is two for two so far. So it's tough to fault him so far. We'll see how he does tonight on the step up in class, but for sure, this Ontario Sire Stakes Gold Series, $100,000 purse nearly for the two-year-old Colton Geldings. It's a really good field of six. You have horses that are two for three lifetime, two for two, two for four, two for four, one for three, and one for four. So definitely a lot of horses with some wins here in this field. So a small but select field for sure. Yeah, so as we move on to race three, the third leg of that early pick five, you use the four, the six, and the nine, and the non-winners of 5,000 in the last five starts.
1: Yeah, I spread in here. I honestly, when I started putting a ticket together, I, I tried to be a little conservative. So I did have originally four horses in here, and I ended up throwing out the number five. Uh, but you mentioned I, I used the four, six, and nine here. I think uh, looking at the four, Victor and Victus, bad draw last time out kind of looking at that race uh not really a, a huge um uh, post that i would want it not a, you know not a good great performance from there it wasn't awful in the end but not only are you getting a better draw this time you're also kind of getting some class relief so i think that puts him in the mix uh the number six jump shot but last time out this one had enough left late in that race even though this horse only finished sixth in there and was uh beaten by three and a quarter lengths in that race but uh, he, he didn't actually have the greatest of trips if you watched the replay. So I think he had some excuses last time out here after coming out of those races at Georgian Downs and then coming over to Woodbine at Mohawk Park. And then mentioned just using another horse in here. I, I thought this horse might be a price, the number nine bronze Yankee, who won last time out on August 6th. I like, liked the performance. I thought didn't have a great draw, also doesn't get the best of draws today, but was able to overcome that that post position last time out with a pretty nice uh, job, but now is going to have to kind of step up a little bit in here.
0: So again, as we mentioned before we started uh, talking the sequence, we do have a lot of the same horses. So again, I'm with you with the four and the six, but for me, instead of the nine, I use the eight buzz, who is yet another class dropper. The other two are as well, but he was, I thought a pretty good effort when last seen this level back on July, the 17th, blasted off from post six with Jonathan Drury and ended up leading the whole way until he got caught in the stretch late. So we'll see what kind of effort we get today at this level from him. But if he can blast off again, maybe control things from the front end, maybe he can provide a bit of an upset. And again, I think he does look, he's the third choice in the morning line, and I think he does figure to probably be the third choice in this race. So as we move to race four, the fourth leg of this early pick five, you and I are very different on this race. This is the one major difference that we have. For me, this is the single of the sequence. I was able to find a single. And I go with the three, Scarlett Hanover, who was been in Ontario Sire Stakes company lately, drops down to this conditioned event, Phillies and Mares now winners of 14,000 in the last five starts. But in particular, I like how she's been racing at Wood by Mohawk. She's been here in those Ontario Sire Stakes, $100,000 races on July 5th and July 23rd. She won on July the 5th, and she had some interference in the stretch to deal with on July 23rd, but nonetheless finished second to the eventual winner there, but only beaten by half a length. So she's definitely been very good, very sharp form lately, including another win in Ontario Sire Stakes Company on Industry Day over at Grand River. So we'll see if she can't get a, another win here tonight. That's my single sequence of three Scarlet Hanover, but actually you use two entirely different horses.
1: Yeah, you have me a little scared now. I don't have Scarlet Hanover. and you you have a lot of confidence here with the single. I use the 4 and the 5 starting with the 4, Tango Dancer. Uh, the connections are always kind of a pair. I watch Richard Moreau and Louis Philippe Bois. Uh, I always watch them when they team up and kind of looking at the last couple efforts. Last time out was kind of getting that that first, you know, trip here at Woodbine Mohawk Park. I thought it was a good performance. Came home in 27 and 3. Only missed by half a length in that race. So I thought for our first kind of uh, track at, at Woodbine, that was a pretty good performance. You can see races before that. It, uh, you know, on, on my side of things, I guess you know this track, obviously being in Canada and the U.S., had some really nice performances so far. Already has five wins in 2021 from 19 starts. So I just think there's a, a room for improvement in here. And then you mentioned the five is my other horse in your alliance, Tilt Hanover. Bob McClure in the bike, getting a little bit of a change in here, Uh, just consistent. I mean, when you look at her races, this four-year-old mare, I mean, very, very consistent. I know she's only a two-time winner from 12 this year, but she was really consistent here over the track last year. So for me, she's just been in good form as of late. And I thought four to one morning line, I'd be happy with her price like that. Not sure I'll get it, but uh, I think she's one that you kind of have to use in here.
0: Well, I'll echo your same sentiment towards me. I'm now concerned as well that I don't have the four or the five on my ticket. But uh, we are, again, very different there in that fourth leg. But hopefully at least one of us is alive as we go to the fifth and final leg where you use the one, the three, and the five to close it out.
1: Yeah, to close it out, I I did spread a little bit in here. I'll just start kind of in their their post-position order with Rockin' in Heaven on the inside. this is just going to be a bit of class relief, better post. You can see in the last four, I had the seven or eight in all of them. And actually, you know, was able to kind of overcome some of those trips, even a pretty nice race, three back over uh, the slot there. And then kind of going down the number three, Nocturnal Blue Chip, second last time out, I thought this horse was you know, moving pretty well, late 27 and three and was making up ground in there. I thought it was, you know, a good, you know, to be right there, it was a really good performance overall. And uh, I still think he could probably, you know, win this in this spot. And then finally, the number five, Beyond better second last time out looking at that race. It was a pretty game performance overall. It was certainly a step up from the the prior efforts. I liked seeing that from that one. So um, I, I used those three. I wasn't really necessarily confident in any of them. I could see any of them winning. So I do have that coverage.
0: So again, I'm with you with the one rocking in heaven and the three at nocturnal blue chip, but I also throw in the seven. He swift 10 to one on the morning line, and he had two wins, four and three starts back and then jumped up to this level where he had a pretty much impossible trip from post 12 back on July 31st. So willing to excuse that effort. And also last time out last week on August the 7th had a very tough trip as well from post five, got away fourth and ended up having to come first over and tired through the stretch. So We'll see if maybe just maybe at a bit of a price he can work out a better trip here at this level. So to recap, some pick five tickets there for this one hundred thousand dollar guaranteed early pick five sequence tomorrow night at Wood by Mohawk. Ashley Mayu goes one four six with five six with four six nine with four five with one three five for a twenty one dollar and sixty cent investment. I will go a little cheaper. My ticket one four with two five six. With four, six, eight, with three, with one, three, seven for a $10.80 investment. So, next we'll move a little bit later on the program. In fact, we'll flip just one race further back. Race six, also in Ontario Sire Stakes Gold Division for the two year old Colt and Gelding Trotters, or Colt and Gelding Pacers, rather. This was a split race here. They had 12 entered, so six of them in that second race we already discussed. And this is the other six of them in this. Sixth race going for $99,800. And Ashley, your top selection in here was the two, the Battle of Waterloo winner, but you did give me a horse that you thought could be a potential
1: upset. You know, this is another kind of compact field of six in here, and we looked at the other Ontario Sire Stakes race, and they're two-year-olds. So um, for, for me to say, you know, one horse stands out, yes, it is better have my money just kind of looking at that undefeated four-for-four four record. And I just like kind of seeing how this one's, one, uh, his races, right. He, he doesn't necessarily, he has gate speed so he can go off the front, but he doesn't need, need the, the lead early on in his races. And I think he's shown some versatility and seems to be a very, very talented, uh, you know, horse in here, but like I said, they're they're two-year-olds. And one thing I know, whether it's <laughs> standard breads or thoroughbreds, two-year-olds are still unpredictable. So I think when you look at the rest of the field, I think the number three Colby two-step is probably the, the main rival just based on his accomplishments so far. Only three starts under his belt and has that two wins and uh, that second place finish. And, you know, when you look at his 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 races i mean you know you look two back yes you see one and better have my money but he was only a length behind him so i I thought it was a pretty game performance obviously better have my money might be a little more talented but you never know it's so early on in their their career so far
0: yeah that's absolutely true here about the two-year-olds definitely anything can and will usually happen in those two-year-old races but for sure better have my money has been ultra impressive so far as you mentioned that perfect Four for four record, including the win in the Battle of Waterloo. But again, just to echo what you said, it has been very impressive that in those first couple efforts here at Wood by Mohawk, he has been able to do it from off the pace, and he's had to cut the mile, the last two here in the Battle of Waterloo in the elimination and the final. So he has proven he can do it both ways, and that price just slowly gets shorter and shorter. Six to five on debut, then three to five, two to five in these last two. So we'll see what the price is tomorrow night, but for sure, Colby 2 Step. Also, two for three lifetimes, never finished worse than second, could be a potential danger to our likely heavy favorites, better have my money, race six, that Ontario Sire Stakes gold division. So next, we'll take a look even further back in the card on this 12 race card tomorrow evening from Wood by Mohawk, and we will go to race 10, which is the preferred event for the Pacers, $34,000 purse, and you and I both have the same top selection in here, the four wheels on fire.
1: When I looked at this race, I mean, this is another, like the preferred races that i mean track. I mean, these are kind of, you know, some of the better horses on the grounds. And to me, I, I thought, are we vital that the two or the number four wheels on fire is probably where most people are going to go. And I know looking at their, their last performances, are we vital comes off that win on August 7th, but for me, wheels on fire. I know this one had the last week off, uh, but before that in the preferred handicap was second uh, behind a pretty nice horse in there. And, you go down the page, I, to me, consistency is key. This is a nine-time winner from 14 and 2021. 20, He's almost got $170,000 in purse earnings. This, this horse is always there every step of the way. Uh, you look at this one, typically does have some speed off the gate, doesn't necessarily need to be uh, on, on the lead early on, but likes to be forwardly placed. So I think that's kind of a good position to have. But I'm just going to go with wheels on fire from that consistency angle. And I actually really liked the performance last time out, even though it wasn't a win.
0: I do agree with you there. Wheels on fire nine for 14 this year. Very, very impressive mark. Who will look to try to make it 10 for 15 and rattle off many, many wins there in a row in the preferred before being upset here in these two most recent efforts, July 24th and July 31st, but did lose to a very good Sintra last time out, who will indeed be seen tonight out at Terra's Hoosier Park in the Dan Patch Stakes for 325000 Draws the rail there, so we'll wish Sintra and the Connections the best of luck in that spot. But... Wheels on Fire definitely in with a big chance here tonight. Now the two where we vital was one that I really did like, even though he was only two to five in that most recent win, dropping into the um, per, into a conditioned company from these preferred events and from stakes events. But uh, maybe that was the wake up call that he needed, so he definitely could be dangerous from that inside. But presumably, if he goes off the favorite, will definitely improve the price here on Wheels on Fire. Century Pharaoh, of course, from the outside can't be forgotten about either. So for sure. As we said a couple times here tonight, a small but select field for sure of six there at Woodbine Mohawk Race 10 tomorrow night. The preferred pace for 34000 So next, we'll turn our attention south of the border to Northfield Park tomorrow night, part of the Grand Circuit. We have one Grand Circuit event tomorrow at Northfield Park, and it is the Carl Milstein Memorial, three-year-old by invitation pace for $300,000. A really good field in here. The one better sun... Comes from Woodbine Mohawk, has put together some couple of good races in the Ontario Sire Stakes. The two water sports team, your three to one second choice on the morning line, was a third place finisher in the Adios final out at the Meadows a couple weeks ago, is your four to five favorite. Three is Rockin' on Venus. And the five, Bayfield Beach, comes in for trainer Ron Burke, also part of the Adios. The six, my sweet boy Max, also in the Adios final. Seven, Charlie May, of course, of recent fame for being the Meadowlands Pace first horse across the wire and eventually disqualified and placed ninth for interference, but has come back since with two pretty impressive efforts at Northfield and Scioto at a short price. The eight, Chase H. Hanover, also in the Audios final, and the nine, Heart of Chewbacca, finishing sixth in the Meadowlands Pace and also has been in a couple of races recently at Northfield and Scioto. So, five to two morning line price. Your favorite is Charlie May. Ashley, what do you think about this race tomorrow night?
1: First off, I think, you know, this race and just the card is pretty good overall. I mean, this race in particular, I think it's a really good uh, feel that they got for this. Uh, In terms of my opinion, I always try to beat uh, favorites and and maybe what people would say is chalk. But for me, the two that kind of stand out are are Charlie May and Water Sports Team, Um, starting with Charlie May. Uh, obviously Meadowlands pace, uh, second in the limb, the final, as you already alluded to, not ideal for the connections, obviously was the first horse to, to cross in front, front, but was disqualified out of there. But the big thing after that, I, I like seeing that this one has those two wins, uh, both in Ohio here at Northfield and Sayota Downs. She's back to back wins one last time out, showed that gate speed, got to the front and stayed there. And prior to that, you know, got to the front pretty quick in that race. So both really nice wins to see that return from that, um. Uh, Interesting uh, weekend at the Meadowlands to say the least. And then the number two, water sports team. Love the connections. Uh, the brother-sister combination there of the Bonjournos, Jennifer and Joe. And, and just looking at this one, um, obviously, you know, won the elimination for the Adios and then finished third in the final, just surrendered late in there. But prior to that, had some nice wins at Yonkers. Um, you know, it's been pretty consistent since then. So I think kind of looking at the horses maybe coming out of the Adios, this is the one that I, I like the most. Uh, but there's, there's different directions you can go. You look at the horse that has the inside draw, Better Sun, obviously, a, a Woodbine Mohawk Park, invader coming out of Canada with some nice races uh, to, to his resume. So it's wide open, but for me, hate to say it, I like the two favorites.
0: <laughs> no, tough to fault you there. For sure, they both have some good resumes. Water Sports team, of course, has been fantastic since joining the Gen Bonjourno Barn and the 7 Charlie May, of course, has been very good this year and just very unfortunate for those connections to, of course, lose the Meadowlands pace the way that they do. But for sure, they're on the comeback trail, and they'll try to take out a $300,000 race here tonight. And I will make that my top selection. Will be the favorite, likely favorite, the 7, Charlie May. And uh, if anyone was listening and noticed, I skipped a horse there. I, I, You know what? I meant to make myself a note on this one, and I forgot to. So I had to skip over it in real time there. The 4, a little thunder from town under, is the other horse <laughs> in this race. And that is a tricky one with no spaces in there, but, uh, that is the four at 20 to one. And that's actually been a pretty good one as well, but not at running aces, but 10 for 15 this year, obviously gets much softer company, but, uh, has gotten the job done as a heavy, heavy favorite in nearly eight races in a row now. And, um, I don't know, it might be worth taking a look at there. Even at the huge price, we'll see if he can keep it going. It gets much, much tougher company here tonight. So that just about wraps up what we have. So to wrap up here, for anyone who would like to continue the conversation with either Ashley or I, both can be found on Twitter. For Ashley, it is at Ashley underscore Mayu. That is A S H L E Y underscore M A I L L O U X. And for me, it is at Edison underscore 1999 underscore E D I S O N underscore 1999 underscore. And Ashley, we'll give you a chance to plug your tracks a little bit. So racing schedule at Gulfstream right now on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, correct?
1: Yeah, we're Friday, Saturday, Sunday right now. Uh, Friday, we have an interesting post time for the next few months. We don't start racing until 2 p.m. So it gets a little, uh, you know, it's a good post time for people to kind of get involved. Maybe after work, they can catch the late pick four or whatever sort of wagers they like. And then uh, obviously we're, we're going to look towards the fall meet. Uh, kind of exciting to get a third surface here at Gulfstream Park, getting that Tapita surface uh, put together now. And they're they're doing the construction on the track and things are looking good. So I think that'll be really exciting for us here at Gulfstream to have that. And you mentioned, yeah, so I still do a little stuff for Fort Erie here and there still uh, give out my selections, my hometown track, even though I'm not born in Fort Erie, I, I treat it as my hometown track and uh, grew up going there and really enjoy it. So obviously we're looking towards uh, next month and kind of seeing how the Queen's Plate turns out and how that'll shape up the Prince of Wales, the second leg of the Canadian Triple Crown, which is held at Fort Erie.
0: So for Fort Erie, it is Monday and Tuesday racing, correct?
1: Yep. Mondays and Tuesdays.
0: And do we have um, a date then for that Prince of Wales Stake?
1: Yeah, I just want to make sure because I keep on uh, changing my flights uh, for when I was maybe going to go home and try to get to the race. But uh, I believe it's the uh, September 15th. I'll have to check that. I don't actually have it written down in front of me, which is probably not a good thing. Might actually be later than that. So.
0: Oh, if it's somewhere in there, always a good race. And for sure, always my good excuse on a good weekday to uh, take a little time off of uh, work for about 15 minutes to make sure that I catch that race for sure. The second leg of the Canadian Triple Crown, as you mentioned, obviously the Queen's Play coming up next month as well. And to give us the schedule at Woodbine-Mohawk, we have racing this weekend tonight, Friday, August the 13th, 7 p.m. First post time, 12 races tonight. And as we just talked about the card for Saturday night, tomorrow night, August the 14th, also 12 races on that card, and then obviously racing on Mondays and Thursdays as well from Woodbine Mohawk, so plenty of action from Woodbine Mohawk coming up this weekend, and hopefully you will watch and wager along with the action north of the border. But this will conclude episode number four of First Over with Edison Hatter. Ashley Mayu. thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me on here. Now I gotta go look back at one of those races, Edison. I'm worried about your three horse. So I'm gonna take a look at that before the races tomorrow.
0: Well, obviously we can't both have winning tickets since we disagree on that fourth race. But hopefully, at least one of us has given out uh, a winning ticket here for people to follow along with at home. And uh, maybe, maybe the best idea may be to combine our tickets and just take all three of those horses in that fourth race.
1: <laughs> Never a bad idea. A little extra coverage, and maybe we'll get some upsets in there for a, a good payout
0: anyway, that does conclude this episode first over with Edison Hatter. Hopefully you will join us next time, probably next Tuesday, to have a recap show for this past weekend's races. And, of course, two more episodes as well next week on Wednesday and Thursday evenings to discuss the races for next Friday and Saturday. So we will talk to you next time.